Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's great to be with you. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast this week. We have the incredible opportunity to do a deep dive into gratitude and community building, taking care of each other and leveraging the power of human connection. To that end, I had the chance to interview Pete Bombacci, who's the founder and executive director of the GenWell Project. Pete is proud to be leading a movement that he truly believes can make the world a happier and healthier place. The idea in the making for over a decade before its launch in 2016 was inspired by the events witnessed during the summer blackout of 2003. Kindness, generosity, empathy, and most importantly, human connection. For my listeners around the world, in 2003, in large parts of North America, there was a huge blackout where people had no electricity. You know, this is normal in in some of the other places I've been to around the world. Uh, it does happen, but in 2003, it was uh, really interesting because people came out and they started talking to each other, and cool things uh, happened. And he's been building on that ever since. He is formerly the Canadian Country Director for Movember, the Movember Foundation where Pete led an amazing team of people responsible for raising over $142 million over five years and put a much-needed lens back on men's health. Having spent time in the profit and nonprofit worlds, Pete believes that there is a great opportunity to combine the interests of business, schools, government, foundations, and individuals in the solutions to the disconnected world that we find ourselves in today. If you want to learn more, you can check out Gen, G-E-N, well, W-E-L-L, project.org. And Pete would be thrilled to connect with you on LinkedIn as well, if that's where you like to spend your social media time. So I was super excited about this, mainly because I think human connection is one of the most important things for us to rebuild coming out of this pandemic. And Pete is certainly leading the world in that space. So super excited to dig into this conversation Please enjoy my interview with Pete Bombacci from the GenWell Project. Pete, thanks for joining me. Greg, it's great to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. So I would love to hear the origin story. Obviously, um, from what I understand, it started during a blackout, but uh, that I think will lead us into a good conversation around human connection. I've been speaking loads about that. We've had it taken away for the last little while, need to rebuild it in our lives. So this couldn't be more relevant, but would love to hear how it all got started. Yeah, and thanks for the opportunity, Greg. It's great to have this conversation. So if you flash back 2003, August 14th uh, or 13th, 4.10 in the afternoon, power goes out to 50 million people on the eastern seaboard. I'm working at a beer company at the time out at the airport, and I make my way home as everybody did. Lights off, you know, tough to get the car home. Finally made it home and jumped on my bike to ride down Young Street. You see the beauty of the human species in times of crisis, people directing traffic, handing out water, ice cream, you know, checked on my loved ones. I had an elderly mom at the time. Later on that evening, I, I got home and rode over to a friend's house for a uh, barbecue. And that barbecue started with two, then went to 10, then it went to 20 as everybody started to come and gather. And at nine o'clock at night, I went out on the front porch and the street was packed. And I thought it was such a beautiful thing to see so many people coming together on the street. And I just made the assumption that everybody knew each other. So I walked out onto the street and I said, hey, this is really cool. You guys all know each other. And all the neighbors looked at me and went, no, we don't. And I, it was right that moment, Greg, that I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if we could actually build more connection without waiting for a crisis to come? 
And that truly is what the inspiration behind this movement was all about. Initially, it was about our two weekends a year when research shows that people struggle with building connection, which is seasonal transition, or they struggle with seasonal transition itself. But then what we've recognized over time is that, you know, we were starting with the end game, which is getting people connected. And I think what we'll talk about most today is the fact that most of us have no idea about how important human connection is for our happiness, our health, our longevity and the betterment of society. And we need to go back to the start. So we've really focused our attention more so in the last couple of years on educating 38 million Canadians on just how important this is. That's fantastic. And we do know probably now more than maybe we have thought about it in quite some time about the power of human connection, having just been through a global pandemic where we've had to social distance. And by the way, I'm a fan of that. I think we needed to do it and it served its purpose. And now we need to reconnect with people and rebuild those dream teams, rebuild those connections, rebuild those, that sense of community, because um, we haven't, we have not had it. And um, you mentioned walking around your neighborhood. I walked around my neighborhood recently. I don't, there's many new families there who moved in during the pandemic. I have no idea who they are. I've never seen them before. So I'm like, yeah, I'm Greg. We live across the street. Never seen you. What's going on here? So I'd love to hear about your perspective on the importance of, of social connection. Why is it so meaningful to us? Why is it so critical? Yeah, it's so interesting. And let me, I'll just say that I'm not sure we understand the power of human connection. I think we understand what we lost, i.e. what mm-hmm. was missing. And I'm not even sure we articulated as I missed people. We say we missed the office. We missed going to the gym. We missed you know, many of the activities that we did with people, but I don't think we are conscious that it's actually, you didn't fall, you didn't miss the office, i.e. the office or the cubicle or the lunchroom. Well, you did miss the lunchroom, but it was actually about the people. And so this this is where I think we're starting, Greg, which is really helping people understand. Here's just some of the, the facts around human connection. Single largest indicator of happiness in our lives that's Robert Waldinger, Harvard, I'm sure you know that well, um, reduces anxiety and depression, which, uh, as I understand it, the highest levels in Canadian history coming out of the global pandemic. And so, but we've never educated people on it. Uh, strengthens your immune system and your self-confidence, both things that I think as we come out of the global pandemic, we're going to need to work on. Uh, creates empathy, compassion, and resilience. And in a world that seems at times so disconnected from one another, the way we will build those bonds is by spending time with people so we can understand them we can be empathetic and compassionate towards the challenges that they may have or their support of the challenges that we may have increases your chances of living longer by up to 50 percent a study out of boston university um, and massachusetts general during the global pandemic the single greatest preventative action to avoid depression and finally i'll say one of the greatest preventative and treatments for anxiety So if we're looking for some of the solutions to the challenges that I think are skyrocketing, not just in our youth, but across the board, then we need to make sure that we educate people. We've been educated on physical activity for over 50 years. We've had guidelines. We've had the eating guidelines, the Canadian Food Guide since 1942. But we now know that human connection is a greater impact to your health and well-being than physical activity. And we haven't spent one minute educating people on this information. So as a physiologist, it breaks my heart to know that there is something that is more powerful than physical activity, but you are correct. Mm-hmm. There's some research that was published in 2017 that um, uh, highlights the, the relationship between social connection and mortality risk. And 
social connection was a higher predictor of lower rates of mortality. So the more connected you were, the lower your rate of mortality than quitting smoking, than doing cardiac rehab after a heart attack, than quitting drinking, than quitting smoking, and more than physical activity. Like it is incredibly powerful. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And let's be clear in, in support of your comments there, Greg, I am not anti all the other things we know about sleep. Of course. Yeah, we know absolutely. about uh, water. We know about exercise. We know about eating well. I just think we have this gap. And if we know how powerful it is, you know, and, and I really do. And we've certainly, we just got a grant from the Canadian government through CIHR for $750,000 to create the guidelines for social connection. So step in the right direction. But at some point, the Genwell Project as the, what I'll call the knowledge translation movement that's trying to awaken 38 million people, we need to find the businesses. We need to find the philanthropists. We need to find the medical people who are saying, hey, these guys are doing great work. How can we help spread this message in our offices, in our classrooms and across this country? Because we need it to get into people hands right now, not six years or 10 years from now, because that tends to be the amount of time for a prevention movement to start taking traction in society. Love it. Well, you're very, uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'm, people are listening and we're very fortunate in this particular community, in this podcast, to be a lot of people in the UK and a lot of people in Australia and New Zealand, um, a few in the States, obviously lots in Canada. So we can share this message a little bit more globally even, which is mm -hmm. super exciting. But I would love to know from your perspective, like, how do we fill this gap? How do we begin to get people aware of the importance of social connection? And more importantly, how do we build it? What should we be shooting for? What are we aiming to create? Well, as I, as I, as I touch on in all the work that we do, it literally starts with education. If we're talking about behavior change, if you don't understand what we're talking about and all the different places in which social connection can come, we've done two years of research in Canada. We just wrapped up the second year of the Canadian Social Connection Survey. And there's so many amazing little tidbits that come out of the research. You know, talking to strangers once a week increase your likelihood of being happy by three times. But yet, what have we Really? Yeah. Yeah. What oh are we told gosh, that's cool. for 50 years? Don't don't talk to strangers. So if we can start educating, talking to your neighbor, pre-pandemic, 50% of Canadians didn't know their next door neighbor's name. Yet the research shows if you know your neighbor's first, actually, it's if you know your neighbor, if you have a relationship with your neighbor, um, it reduces your sense of loneliness by three times. Relationships with fellow colleagues has the same impact to your l l reduced loneliness and increased happiness as connections with your family and friends, because we spend so much time in the workplace. And so as we're going through the hybrid work world and we hear so many people saying, I never want to go back to the office, I think we're uneducated on what the relationships at that office and that workplace. And of course, there are places that didn't do a good job at giving that sense of connection and community and belonging in the workplace. And I think every workplace needs to get more serious on building that sense of connection and belonging for their employees. But we all need to do it, whether it's in our home, on our street, in our community, we all play a role in solving for this. And opportunity we have to share this message through podcasts like this, through opportunities, through the media, uh, interviews, different things like that. Obviously, getting it into curriculum, every one of us can play a role in helping spread this message as quickly as possible. I love it. What are some practical tactics that we can use to become more connected? You mentioned talk to your neighbors, uh, talk to people that you don't know. 
what else can we do to rebuild this sense of connection in today's world? Yeah, I think it's, you know, again, educating ourselves is step one. Number two, prioritizing it. We all put our going to the gym in the, you know, in, in the work you do. Put the gym in your calendar so that you do it. You know, put things that in that are regular. If you have a friend, maybe make a static uh, appointment every week to go for coffee. So you have a baseline in there. You know you're going to get some connection. And if you start to build on top of that, that's beautiful. I play hockey three times a week. I know I'm going to see 60 of my buddies every week at different times throughout the course of the week. Everything above that is a bonus. And what, yeah. what, I, th what I think we know by now, Greg, is two years of Zoom meetings. Zoom meetings are a great supplement to human interaction, but they can't replace the human interactions that make us happier, healthier, and live longer. So I think just prioritizing it and being more conscious and intentional about making human connection happen in our lives, just like we think about, you know, if I don't get my eight glasses of water, I think about it. If I don't get eight hours of sleep, I think about it. When I don't get my exercise, I think about it. We need to be as intentional and conscious about social connection as well. Maybe if we were thinking about like eight hours of sleep and eight glasses of water, perhaps we could also then think about, you know, who are the eight people that we need to spend more time with in the coming months and uh, deliberately reach out and connect with those people and give them a call or set up a coffee or just flip them a quick text message or anything like that to, to spark the move forwards. It's a it's a great it's a great uh, great point. Uh, Robin Dunbar out of the UK, uh, Dunbar's number you might be familiar with it. He ultimately says four to five is the number of close friends that we all want to have on hand. Should we go through a challenging time? So who are your fab four? Who are your you know favorite five? Those are the people that we all need to uh, make sure we have those contacts and we have regular occasions so that we feel connected to those people. And part of the research that we're doing with Genwell right now through the social, connect, uh, social connection survey is helping people understand how frequently do you need to connect with those people to maintain that level of connection. The guidelines will talk about friends, family, neighbors, colleagues, classmates, multi-generational relationships, all the different ways in which we can slice and dice this really important information to make it easy, uh, consumable for consumers to just look at it and go, oh, I can do that. I could do that. Well, that's an easy one. I could talk to strangers, you know, all these little things that if we can just bring people a little uh, higher in their conscious level and consciousness level, I think we can make a huge change in society. And wouldn't it be beautiful, Greg, if every time you walk down the street, people started saying, hey, how you doing? You know, yeah. aren't you the guy that lives over there? Aren't you the person? Didn't I see you at the office the other day? Like, I think we all desire and crave this type of human connection. We are social animals. I think we just need to give. And Dr. Quam McKenzie from the Wellesley Institute said this to me five years ago. He said, you're going to be very successful at this movement because what you do is you give people permission. Once they understand how important it is, whether it's in a workplace or a classroom or maybe on a street because they host a Genwell weekend, you give people the okay to, to knock on their neighbor's door or to say hello to a fellow colleague. And, and a lot of us, a lot of the reason we don't connect is inside our own heads because when we get inside our own heads, we don't tend to be very kind to ourselves. And yeah. it prevents from oftentimes reaching out and building those connections. Yeah, I just think about like how we speak to ourselves. If you ever spoke to someone else that way, they never, they never talk to you again sometimes, right? So um, 
that's a that's an interesting point. One of the things I've been playing with lately is just um, when someone says, uh, when I greet someone at a store, someone like, how are you today? Or like, how are you? Or whatever. I'm like, I am fantastic. <laughs> like, what? It's like, yeah. yeah, no, I just like changed up a little bit, right? How are you? I'm actually really awesome today. Because they've never heard that before. It completely throws them for a loop. So you can do all sorts of different ways just to make things interesting and connect with people a little bit differently. Well, and look what we've done. Like if you think back to your parents and certainly parents today, like when you're when your kid looks at you, when you do that uh, in the store and your kid looks up and goes, dad, cut it out. You look like a crazy person. Which they do, for the record. (laughs) What what, what have we done to ourselves when we, every time somebody does show happiness or, you know, joy in their life, that we actually slap them down, whether it's our kids or other people, it's like, oh, that guy's weird. It's like, no, that guy's actually trying to change the world by sharing a positive attitude and changing everybody's day because everybody you do that to goes, hey, that was pretty cool. That guy is pretty funny. And yeah. I think that's, that's what we're trying to achieve. Not to make this all about me, which is what I tend to do on these interviews. But when, I'm, when I've been saying thank you, when, when I say thank you um, at the store or whatever, when you get something, I'm there with my kids, I'll say, thank you. You're the best. I really appreciate that. And so I've been saying that constantly. And people are like, huh, that's thank you for saying I'm the best or whatever. But like Ingrid one day looked at me and said, dad, you tell everyone they're the best. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's how it, what it, we do. She's like, that's really weird. I'm like, ah, but onward, but she noticed, right? And it's just like really just trying to bump, pump, pump people up and tell them they're awesome, doing a great job, really appreciate it. All those little things make a difference. Kind of like what you're doing with Genwell. So I'd love to know more about your movement and uh, what you're trying to create. Well, really what we're trying to create is a national movement across Canada, 38 million Canadians. And we say we do three things. We educate, we empower, and we catalyze. It's really, you know, built on a behavior change model, which says, look, if we can educate 38 million Canadians through our social posts, through our uh, website, we just launched a social health assessment tool at genwellproject.org. People can go and do their own assessment. And the assessment is based against the Canadian Social Connection Survey. So it will give you a sense of how you are doing with your social health and making sure that we're all aware. And no matter what your score is, we're going to give you some ideas on how you can either improve it, or if you're off the charts and everything's wonderful in your life, maybe it's about helping you recognize the role you can play like you do, Greg, when you go into that store, when you say hello to your neighbor, when you call up somebody who you know is going through you know, divorce, job loss, financial pressure, kid problems. Like, you know, life, we always, somebody said to me on a, a CBC interview once, I said, what stigma are you fighting? I said, mm-hmm. the stigma of life. We are fighting the fact that we all go through ups and downs in life. I don't care who you are. And if we can all be more conscious and intentional to say, hey, I know Greg went through a tough day at work last week, or I know somebody today, funny enough, I reached out to somebody who I know was going through a strike situation in their workplace. And so, you know, just being more conscious and intentional that that simple phone call can make all the difference in the world to that individual, but also to the person that's uh, on the street who's you know homeless or to somebody who's food insecure 90 percent of new moms over 50 percent of ceos and entrepreneurs say they feel lonely and isolated 76 percent of students at universities say they feel lonely and isolated on a regular basis i don't care who you are we have all felt it and so the reality and it's not a lot of people think greg it's social isolation so it's about the physical lack of presence of people 
But I think oftentimes what we're trying to help people better understand is that sense of belonging. You can be surrounded. You could be at the office. You could be, you know, in your home surrounded by people. And I, I heard this a lot through, during the pandemic, which is it's that I just don't feel like I'm connected. I don't feel like I belong wherever that that situation is. And I think it's just being more conscious of looking around and see who might benefit from your outreach if everything's going well in your space. So I think, you know, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. The first four years before the pandemic, most people had no idea what we were talking about. Yeah. And now two years after the pandemic, I'll even say the first six months, the last six months have really been when people have awoken to it because I think everybody thought this was just going to go back to normal. And I think we're waking up and recognizing, hey, here's a great stat. Uh, six, oh, 63% of the people that we saw pre-pandemic were not people we intended to see. They weren't in our calendar for the day. So that means that over half of the people that made you uh, make you feel like you're part of a bigger world, the people that when you see them, they go, Greg, how are you? And you go, hey, Pete, good to see you. And yeah. those, every one of those little interactions make you feel like you're connected and they reinforce who you are as a human being. And those all got wiped out and they're not back yet because if you're working mm -hmm. at home or everybody else that you used to see is working at home or the schedules don't align, guess who we're not seeing all those little connections every day, we call them casual collisions, that made you feel like you were part of something bigger than yourself. And so this is why even more so we have to overcome that by getting out, by making plans, by putting it in the calendar, because you have to make up for over 50% of the people that you used to see randomly that are no longer there in many cases. So this is why right now it's critically important that we get people up to speed on this so that they can start being more conscious and intentional. Pete, I love what you're up to. The world needs a lot more of this. I uh, love the fact you came on the show to share your movement with all of us. If people want to get on board, follow you on social and do this social uh, health test, where can they go to do that? They go to the website for uh, genwellproject.org. They can go to all our social channels. We have a YouTube channel with lots of content uh, in regards to social health and social connection. And Greg, thanks again. This has been a great conversation and hopefully we can do it again sometime. We absolutely will. I can't wait to see the results of the CIHR study. I know how hard it is to get those grants. So good job on that. And I know it'll create a lot of momentum for you guys in the, in the future. Thanks very much, Greg.